I mean, what did you guys think I was going to pick? Uh, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> Angels in the outfield. Uh, I was just going to pick the passion and just let that play. But if you're a visitor here, we have a series. It's called At the Movies. And I decided to pick the 1979 cult classic, The Warriors. How many people have seen The Warriors? Okay, you guys are legit. Everybody else that hasn't seen The Warriors, there's a problem here. But I thought it was pretty fitting because here's The Warriors, right? If you know the story, the story goes is they get invited to a big meeting up in the Bronx. So it's a, it's a meeting with all the gangs in New York. And what they want to do is it, there's a main guy named Cyrus. If you saw him right there, you remember Shaq saying, can you dig it, right? Well, that's where he got it from. Cyrus, the main character, or the main leader there, is trying to get all the gangs together to form one big gang. So he gets, he gets murdered, and the warriors get blamed for it. They didn't do it. They get blamed for it. So now they got to fight their way all the way from the Bronx all the way to Coney Island in, in, in Brooklyn. So it's a long ways if you're nine guys deep and every gang's looking for you and every cop's looking for you and you got to fight your way all the way home. And I thought it was pretty good uh, parallel for us as believers. You know, here we are, we're warriors, right? Whether you like it or not, we're warriors. And all we're trying to do is fight to get home. We're just trying to fight to get home. And there's, there's an, an adversary. There's an accuser that's telling us that we're not warriors. There's telling us that we've done something wrong, that we're not who we are. And we're just got to fight and we got to maneuver and we got to have a lot. There's going to be a lot of obstacles and there's going to be a lot of opposition to us getting home, but we got to fight. So I thought, hey, why don't we do this on the warriors? I know some of you were looking for Pee Wee's big adventure. <laughs> well, that's just not me. Okay, so I had to be me. It was either this or, well, I won't tell you what the other movie I picked. But <laughs> we did some creative editing, thanks to my son. And, uh, but I, I, I want to talk about the Warriors. And, and I'm going to play this first clip here. And it's, it's, it's their first encounter of the night. Okay. My for, first point of this morning is do not lay down your colors. You see, the Warriors here were uh, walking through a neighborhood. They were unfamiliar. They ran into this other gang called the Orphans. And the Orphans said, hey, you can pass through, no problem. But you gotta take off your vests. And, and I thought, man, here they were. This is who they were, right? Those vests identify who they are. If they take off those vests, they're not the Warriors no more. They're just some ragtag guys. And I thought that was kind of like us. We identify with Jesus. We identify as being believers, as being Christians. And I thought sometimes we don't identify, we, we, we kind of take a back seat sometimes. And I want to tell you guys right now, when you become a believer, when you become a Christian, when you give your life to Jesus, you are identifying with Jesus Christ. You put those colors on and that's what you represent. In 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, friend, you identify with Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people that only want to identify with Jesus when it's easy. Some of you guys that grew up in the neighborhood, you know those guys, right? When, you, when there's a lot of guys around, it's easy. When nobody's attacking, it's easy. When nobody's wanting to fight, it's easy. Yeah, I'm down when it's easy. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in there right with you, bro. I got you. But when the fight gets tough, when the battle gets hard, who are you identifying with? It's easy to identify when life is good. As believers, it's easy to identify when things are going well, right? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, bro. God's good, man. I'm fired up today. Everything's going good. I always wonder about those guys sometimes. What's going to happen when everything goes bad? I had a guy one time, and every time I talked to him, it was like the same thing. God is good, brother. Everything is well, brother. I'm just fired up, brother. God's blessing me every day, brother. And he, it's like 10 times in a row I talked to this guy. And I finally got mad. And I said, what do you do when things go bad, dude? Like, and he's like, what? And I go, yeah, what do you do when things go bad? He didn't know. He didn't know. It's good to serve God when things are going good. 
But when things are tough and there's a fight, are you still identifying with being a believer? Are you still identifying with being uh, bound to Christ? See, friend, many believers coward when times get tough. They get a little scared. They get a little afraid. They get let fear set in, you know. A lot of believers are starting to cow. I know you guys thought this was going to be a fun sermon, right? A lot of believers begin to coward when wokeness comes, right? When the woke mob comes for you, oh, man, you put a scripture up on your Facebook. You put a scripture up on your Instagram with a picture of a, of a cross, and then all of a sudden the comments start coming. Is that what you believe? You go to that church, and then you're like, I should just take it down. I should just take it down, right? I should just take off my colors. When you have to make a stand at work and say, no, this is what I believe. This is who I identify with. I'm a Christian. And you go, no, I'm just going to hide in the break room for a minute. I'm going to chill in the break room while they have that little thing over there. No, friend, you got to take a stand. I'm not saying get fired, but I'm saying you got to take a stand and say, hey, this is what I believe in. I, be I identify with Christ. That's my belief. That's who I am. That's who I am. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't realize that when you give your life to Jesus, it's who you become. You're no longer that other person that you used to be. You identify with Christ. A lot of people don't want to take a stand. They don't want to stand up for their beliefs. And it's getting harder and harder, right? It's getting harder and harder. It's hard to stand up. Every time somebody's coming at you, somebody got something to say, you can't believe that. You're, you're, you're bending, trying to bend the rules here. In Mark 4.17 it says, But since they have no root, they only last for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. See, friend, when push came to shove, you weren't down. You weren't down. You, you guys get that, right? On OCO side over here? Okay. You weren't down. You were a ranker. Right, Rich? You were a ranker. You were a buster. You fall off, right? You weren't down to fight. A lot of Christians begin to compromise. They try to bend God's rules to fit their agenda. You know, the warriors are not taking off their patch and, and, and putting the warriors. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's only one letter. But pretty soon they start taking off more and more letters. Maybe they could have took off their logo and say, let's hide the logo here. It's not who they were. They wouldn't be the warriors no more. When you begin to bend God's rules, when you begin to bend God's standards, guess what? You're easily starting to remove a little letter off your back. Before long, it's just a vest. It's no big deal. It doesn't represent, it could be anybody. A lot of Christians are beginning to compromise on, on the things of today, on abortion. Well, maybe in some cases, brother, God will understand. Maybe you're beginning to compromise on the things of this world like, like, hey, it's okay to be gay. You can be gay and be saved. Friend, it's not my rules. It's God's rules. I don't make the rules. When you're, if you're in the street, you don't make the rules of the street. But you got to live by them. I don't make the rules of the Bible, but I got to live by them. Maybe you're in this place and you begin to compromise with, with drinking. Ooh, it's getting quiet. Yeah, friend, drinking. Compromise, right? Let me tell you one thing. Drinking has never enhanced anybody's testimony. It doesn't enhance anybody's testimony. If I seen Pastor Adam in the back of church having a drink with Bryn, I will look at them different. Right? Especially Bryn, I think. <laughs> Sorry. If I saw Bryn throwing one back before worship, I was saying, man, bro, like, is that, are you really saved? Like, right? It's not going to enhance worship. It's not going to enhance preaching. It's not going to enhance your testimony, right? You begin to compromise, you surrender in the small battles, right? I'm going to surrender over here a little bit, you know? I'm going to give up this battle right here. I don't really want to fight this wokeness battle today, right? I don't really want to get anybody offended at the family barbecue, so I'm going to throw a few back with Theo Pedro. <laughs> right? And then you start compromising a little bit more and a little bit more, and before long you start compromising all these little battles, and then you end up losing the war. See, the orphans, they weren't even on the radar. 
They weren't even on the radar. The orphans were, 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 were totally off the radar. They were off the radar. They didn't even get invited to the big meeting. You saw the orphans, they just had these t-shirts with the orphans on the back. Cheap gang. A lot of guys had their own neighborhood, but they were, they, they were, they were weak. And if the warriors bowed down to that, when they ran into some of these other tougher gangs, the ones that were willing to fight and tear their heads off and wouldn't let them pass through, it would have been easy to take off the vest then. It would have been very easy. See, the warriors could have stood safe, but they decided to stay dangerous. Many Christians today, man, they want to be safe. I just want to be safe. I don't want to stay dangerous anymore, brother. I want to be safe. I'm okay with not going out into this world and preaching the gospel. I'm okay with just me and my family. I just want to show up for church. No, friend, I want to be dangerous for Jesus in this place. If you surrender enough battles, eventually you're going to lose the war. Takes us to our third clip. My favorite scene. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? Second point is a fight guarantee. See, friends, sooner or later, you're going to get into a fight as a believer. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. In 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. See, right here, this is what I like to call fight or flight, right? Obviously, they try to run, and Cowboy was like, I can't make it no more, man. And Ajax, I mean, he was always down. He's like, well, let's fight these wimps. And I was just thinking, as believers, we're being called out every day. And some believers right now are folding under the pressure. Maybe you never had a fight, so you just kept running, right? You kind of flew under the radar. Or maybe they never learned how to fight. That's a problem. A lot of people don't know how to fight. They get saved, they come to church, and it's just church. But once trials hit their way, they don't show up anymore. It's because they don't know how to fight. Nobody ever taught them how to fight. Somebody has to teach you how to fight. Either you're going to learn through experience, like getting beat up a few times, right? Or you're going to learn because somebody's going to teach you. I remember my son, Cam, over here today, visiting us. Thank Joey. Cam's here. <laughs> That's Joey's boy right there. But I remember my son Cam, I was trying to toughen the kid up a little bit, right? I was trying to make him a little tough. And I remember he was, uh, he's great, he has a great heart. And I was, uh, he, we were at a birthday party and this kid kept whacking him in the head with this plastic thing. Boom, boom. And I was like, I was like, man, that little kid, man. I want to yank that little kid, man. Come on, let's not get all spiritual. I know some of you parents in this place. Right? Don't get all spirit. Oh, brother, you should have prayed for that kid. No, I wanted to grab that kid by the neck. I'll beat the, I wanted to beat the dad up. <laughs> I ain't saying that's godly or spiritual, but that's the truth. Okay? So this kid kept whacking Cam, and I was getting mad. So Cam comes over, Dad, can you tie my shoe? I kneel down and tie Cam's shoe, and I tell Cam, I said, hey, don't let that kid hit you anymore. And he's like, okay, Dad. And so he goes, I'm eating, I'm watching Bam, that kid again. I'm like, that little brat. And so I'm like, man, Cam comes back. Dad, can you tie my shoe? One more time. I said, Cam, don't let that kid hit you. Like, tell him something, bro. I'm, I'm saying tell him something, okay? He turned both cheeks now, guys. So then, <laughs> so he goes back over there. Kid hits him again. And I'm getting irritated. I'm getting really upset, right? Our parents, come on, right? I'm getting irritated. Like, this kid, man, just, where's his dad at? I'm going to choke him out. So I go over there, and Cam comes again. Dad, can you tie my shoe? I get down there, and I said, look, boy, if that kid hits you one more time, you're going to be in trouble with me. Okay, Dad. So I'm eating. A few minutes pass. I, don't, I, you know, I forgot about it just out there, and we're having a good time. And I hear this wailing in the back. And this, I hear this kid, ah! And the kid's walking, and his, his mom's standing right next to me, eating, and I'm right there, and I'm like, yeah, somebody got you. That's what you get, little kid, right? He runs up to his mom. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. Oh, let's be real here, all right? So I'm like, okay. So he's crying, 
right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's holding his eyes. Oh, boy, hit me. And here comes Cam running. Dad, I got him. Come here, Cam. Good job, man. I had to teach Cam how to fight, right? I had to teach him how to stand up for himself, right? I let him get hit a few times. I let him do those things. I said, okay, Cam, you know, I'm going to let you handle it this way, but it's not the right way, but let's see if he does it. He didn't do it, and I had to tell him, right? Kind of how God works with us, right? In Psalms 144, 1 and 2, it says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Trains in this context means an exercise in learning. It means that God's trying to teach us something, right? He's walking us through an exercise in learning. There's no more flight. There's only fight. You already tried it your way, and God's saying, nope, you need to do it my way. You're going to have to put them up if you're going to be down for me. You're going to have to put them up if you're not going to be a ranker, right? Y'all know what that is, right? Okay, just checking. I like what it says in Judges 1, uh, 3, 1 through 4. It says, these are the nations. You like those letters right there? <laughs> Good, huh? These are the nations that God left there, using them to test the Israelites who had no experience in the Canaanite wars. You did it to train the descendants. He did it to train the descendants of Israel, the ones who had no battle experience in the art of war. He left the five Philistine tyrants, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, the Havites, living on Mount Lebanon from Mount Baal, Hermon to Haman's pass. They were there to test Israel and see whether they would obey God's commands that were given to their parents through Moses. See, here was Joshua. He, he, he dies. They don't have a leader anymore, right? And they didn't drive out their enemies entirely. They didn't obey God. They didn't drive them out. So God says, okay, I'm going to leave them all around. You're going to have five enemies just chilling around you, right? And God's like, I want to do something here. I want to prove their faithfulness to me. I want to see if they're going to remain faithful to me with these enemies hanging out over here. He also wanted to improve their reliance upon him. Isn't that how God does it for us? Sometimes we go through a few things and we're like, what the heck is going on here, Lord? Like, what's going on? And it forces us to say, I need to start praying again. It forces us to get closer to God. Sometimes God will allow that. He allowed it for the children of Israel. They had young people that were in there that never knew war. They didn't know how to fight. They didn't know how to, how to war. And God says, okay, they're getting a little slothful. They're getting a little idle because things are good. Well, I'm going to leave some enemies so they have to fight. And they got to learn to be in the war here. We have to stay ready. Stay ready. The old adage, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Right? That means I'm always preparing. That means I'm always ready. That means I'm always getting better. Right? I'm not staying idle. I'm not getting slothful. I'm not saying, oh, it's okay. I'll pass up on this fight. No, friend, that's when the enemy is ready. This leads us into clip four here. That's a little much for Sunday, huh? <laughs> Thank God. There was some other parts I wanted to put in. My son's like, Dad, you can't put that in. <laughs> Thankful for his wisdom there. Point number three, distance the distractions. You know, in a fight, if you control the distance, you control the fight. That's, that's a known thing. If I can control the distance when I'm in a fight, I, I'm controlling the fight. I can see punches coming my way, right? I can step in when I need to, do my strikes, step out. I can see him trying to shoot for me, take me down. I can see that. A lot of times we let these distractions get right up on us, right? You saw the guys there. They were already broken up. They only had three guys. All of New York was looking for them. The police were looking for them. They were supposed to find their other buddies. They see these girls. They, they thought they were just girls wanting to party. They were a gang. Obviously, they didn't know how to shoot. But they, they, they were a gang themselves. And the guy says, hey, we don't have time for this. And the other guys are like, yeah, that's how the enemy works. Right? He'll make something so enticing, so pleasing, so tempting that we know in our minds this is the wrong thing to do. Like, this is bad. Like, I shouldn't be here. Like, I shouldn't be wasting my time. We don't got time for this. But then our flesh rises up and we're like, oh, well, we got time. We're cool. We can get through it. 
Don't be fooled by the distractions, everybody. Keep your eyes on the mission. The mission was to find the other guys, get on the train, and go home to Coney Island. You know what I mean? That's our mission. We got to figure out, hey, I need to stay on mission here. I got to stay on point here, not get distracted by things. Because when you're distracted, you're not operating at full capacity. You're not operating at full capacity. When you're distracted, the enemy loves that because you're not operating at full capacity. The problem with that is you're not at full capacity, but guess what? The enemy always is at full capacity. He's operating at full capacity 100% of the time. Even when you think he's not around, he's, he's operating in the background. He's coming up with a new plan for you. He's saying, oh, I'm going to work on this one. I'm going to chip away at this one because it doesn't matter how long it takes him to get you as long as he gets you. He'll chip away and chip away. If the enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. I said, if the enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. Distract you little by little by little, right? You're distracted over here with, with life's troubles. I can't make it to church today. You're distracted over here because you took an extra job that takes you away from church. Man, distracted. I can't pray because I stood up late last night. I'll pray later and you never pray distractions not saying that you're backslidden not saying that you're totally turning your back on God or anything like that but you're not operating you're not you're ineffective so the enemy's like whoo he's distracted I don't got to worry about him he's not I, I want to be in the, the offense guys I want the enemy to worry about me I don't know about you but I want him to worry about me because he's on the attack against me against my family against my brothers and sisters in the Lord he's constantly on the attack in 2 Timothy 2.4, it says, Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. When you come to Christ, you are not a civilian anymore. You're not a civilian anymore. You put on the jacket. You put on the vest. And guess what? There might be a picture of Jesus on the back, <laughs> believer, whatever, but there's also a bullseye on the back too. And the enemy's like, okay, he's not a civilian. He's open game, right? Everybody else that doesn't know Jesus, they're civilians. And the enemy's booked. He's like, I already got them. We're cool. But when you become a Christian, you're not a civilian anymore. You're a warrior. You're a believer. You put that jacket on. You identify with Christ. So maybe in this place you're getting distracted by the lust of the world, right? They got distracted. They let those girls come way too close. That was too close right there, right? They didn't distance the distraction. Maybe they had pride, right? Oh, we're the warriors. Oh, we're the believers. We've been here before. Get a little arrogant, right? I've been in this battle. I can, I can withstand that. I can go over here and hang out. I can play games over here. I'm strong enough. I've been there. I've done that. Yeah, friend. The problem is you're working independent of God. And I don't know about you. I don't want to work independent of God. I can't do it on my own. See, there was a lot of men in the Bible that got distracted. Warriors. King David, he was distracted. Right? He was distracted. Samson, another warrior, distracted. They got distracted. They, were, they became arrogant, right? They became prideful. Oh, we've been there. We've done that. I can handle this. David wasn't worrying no more. Samson was messing around with all kinds of different women from other places that he shouldn't have been messing with. Got distracted, got arrogant, began to work independent of God. I got this. You know who I am? I'm Samson. You know who I am? I'm David. I can work. I can do these things. And what happened? They fell, friend. These were warriors. Proverbs 29, 23 says, pride ends in humiliation. Well, humility brings honor. Warriors don't sit back on their past accomplishments. They don't sit back on their past victories, right? They don't sit back on who they are. They realize that our strength, our power comes from God, right? They realize that they have another battle they're going to have to fight. They begin to prepare. They realize, I got to get better for next time. They, begin, they don't sit back and say, we got a few victories under our belt. We're good. No, it's constantly getting better. How can we improve? We never improve, friend. We never, we, we never arrive, I should say. We're constantly improving. 
there's constant thing. There's a, there's a, a, a word in, that's called teleos. And teleos is, is, a, is a word that, that, that goes along with telescope. And when I think about that word, God says to be perfect because I am perfect. And that word perfect comes from the word teleos. And teleos means an end destination. So it doesn't mean that I'm, 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 gonna, I'm already there. It means I'm getting there. And if you think about the word like television, that, that little prefix right there, tele is from that, television. I can see the future, right, a little bit. Telescope, right? I can see something that I'm getting to. I'm right here sitting in this boat, and it's rocky. But when I look through the telescope, I see land. And that's where I'm trying to get to. That's what God means when he says, hey, be perfect because I'm perfect. That means I'm constantly working my way to get better. That means I'm trying to get to that island right there. Yes, the waves are turning. Yes, it's a fight. Yes, we're a little bit scared. We're a little bit nervous. This is not good. But I see land, and I'm trying to get there. Let's go to uh, clip number five. Wait a couple of seconds after we move. That's what I'm talking about. In this scene right here, they made it back to Coney Island. And Luther, the bottle guy there, uh, well, believe it or not, I was five years old trying to get bottles and do that when I was little. <laughs> didn't work. I tried a little Coke bottles. Remember the little small one? Didn't work. Uh, but here they go. They make it all the way back to Coney Island. They're home already, right? And they have one more battle. And the, the great part about this is Luther, the guy that with the bottles there, I mean, doesn't he just remind you like of, like of Satan there, right? You're just, I mean, he plays a great role. He actually ad-libbed that part, believe it or not. In the, in, the, in the movie. He's a great actor, uh, Patrick David Kelly. But he, he, he gets up there and he ad-libs that part. But I was thinking, man, they're home, you know, and here he is. They pull up full force. They already shot somebody, right? So the, the warriors are not full force. They fought all night. They're beat up. They're home. But they're, they're, they got one more battle to go. They don't got weapons. They're breaking boards and trying to bend pipe and get stuff, right? And they're trying to get ready for this fight. And I thought, man, this is my point here, sticking together. They decided they had one more fight, one more battle, and they were going to stick it out together. Yeah, they were home. And I thought it was great because they could have easily just broke up and went home, right? But no, they were a little nervous. You could see them breathing hard. Here comes a psycho dude, killed somebody in a hearse, full force, all his whole gangs with him. And the warrior said, nah, we're going to fight one more battle. Yeah, we had some casualties. Yeah, there's some, some of us are missing. Yeah, we're tired. Yeah, we fought all night. We're hungry. All this stuff. But we're going to fight one more time. We're going to get it done. You know, one of our main values of this church is together, together. Meaning that if you go down, I'm going to be right there for you. If I go down, you're going to be right there for you. You're not going to fight alone. We're going to stick together. You got one more fight, bro? I got you. Sticking together. Even when times get tough, we aren't going to abandon each other. Even when the fear of losing rolls in, the fear of failing, the fear of succumbing, the fear of dying happens, we know we are not alone in this. See, friend, because fear can overtake you in a fight. It could, it could overtake you in a fight. Fear will overtake you. There's a little bit of difference here. You saw they're a little afraid. I would be too, right? We're not full force. These guys are ready. They want to get us. But there is a difference between being afraid and having fear. Afraid will make you prepare. Fear will have you hiding in the corner, paralyzed. Right? Yeah, they were afraid. Yeah, there were some things that they were like, man, we got to fight. But they weren't in fear. And many of us, we're just not afraid no more. We're not afraid no more. We're not afraid of losing. I know if I'm going to do something, I got to be prepared. I got to be prepared with my sermon. I got to make sure it's on point. I know if I'm going to go do some jujitsu, I got to be ready. I, this guy wants to choke me. I want to be ready. I need to prepare. Being afraid will make you prepare. The enemy's on the attack. It'll make you prepare. If you don't prepare, you're going to succumb. But it doesn't mean that we're in fear. We know who wins in the end. But we got to fight. The Lord doesn't say, I'm going to fight every battle for you, and I'm going to win every battle for you. Just stay back. No, he says, like I told my son, you're going to have to go handle this. You're going to have to put up your dukes a little bit. You know what the antidote of a spirit of fear is? Belonging. 
belonging. Think about it. Anybody get in a fight here at school? Somebody goes up to you, right? And they tell you, hey, I'm going to fight you. First thing that goes through your mind is, oh, man, who's his backup? Who's their backup? Oh, he knows that guy, that guy. And then what do you do? You start looking for your friends, right? Hey, will you back me up? Nah, bro, I got to go after school, uh, you know. You're trying to look for some guys that are going to have, hey, can you just have my back, right? We got each other's back in this church. You need backup? We got you. You need somebody to help you out? We got you. There's some warriors here that are willing to fight. Put it up. Willing to show you how to fight, how to take a punch. I like the, this picture back here. This is a classic picture. And it's them on Coney Island. And they all had a role in this gang, right? So, so there's Cleon. He's the leader. And then next to him is Rembrandt. And he's the graffiti guy that writes the warriors everywhere. And then there's Cochise, one of, the, one of the main, like, battle guys, man. He got your back. Cowboy was like a soldier, man. You saw him get beat up by the Furies. Ajax was like, I want that guy on my team, right? We need some of those guys in church that would just throw down for you all the, all the time. Then you had Vermin. He was like the treasurer. And then Swan was the warlord. Fox was like the, the, the scout. And Snow was another, another warrior for them, you know, another battle guy that would go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody. You know, individually, they're pretty tough guys, but collectively, they made the warriors. You know, and that's like our church here. That's like the body of Christ. Like, individually, yeah, pretty good. Pastor Adam's pretty good, right? Bryn's pretty good, a musician, you know, decent. Johnny's okay. But collectively, together, we form something great. We form something that's powerful. These guys all on their own are not that great. Eh, they're okay. Together we form something stronger, friends. Together, sticking together. Proverbs 17.7 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Maybe you've been in this church for a long time, and, you know, the, 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 the problem with a lot of churches is that people just show up just to show up. You know, if you've ever been to, 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 to Catholic church, I had a lot of Catholic family members, and, and you just go on Sunday. It's, it's, just, it's just religious, right? It's just a religion. It's just a, a tradition. But what separates knowing Jesus and being in a church like this is that you want to build a relationship. You want to build some sort of camaraderie with people. You want to get to know. The, the, the problem with the church these days is that the church just wants to go to church. There's no togetherness. There's no, hey, let's get together. This church ain't about that, friend. There's many places, if you're in this place and you don't know how to connect, there's many places for you to connect. We got the e-groups coming up. We got services coming up. There's something for everybody. Why? It's not because we want you just to join our church and, and, and we want to see these numbers go. No, we want a, a sense of community, a sense of getting together, a sense of if you need help, we got you. That's what the body does. You need to learn how to fight. I'm going to teach you how to fight. You need to learn, hey, what do I do in this case? I have those things. Hey, I need some prayer on this side. Can you, can you help me with this? Hey, what should I do in this case? Hey, brother, there's some guys like Ajax. There's some guys like Snow. There's some guys like Cochise in this church that say, hey, man, we've been there, done that. Let me show you. We need that. My last point is against all odds. So here were the warriors. They, they fought all night, right? They lost some guys. Cops chasing them. Gangs chasing them. All these things. It's an insurmountable task. And all they were trying to do is just keep fighting to get home. Right? That's all we're trying to do. We just want to just keep fighting just to get home, right? Sometimes our battles can seem insurmountable. But God tells us we have already won the battle. We've already won the war. It doesn't mean that at times it won't be tough. It doesn't mean at times we won't get punched in the face. It doesn't mean at times we won't be afraid. There'll be some casualties. But we know in the end we win. In 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing this letter to the Corinthian church, and he says, We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. 
We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We, provide, uh, we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. Did you get that? After all that, Paul's still saying God's power is working within us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God. Whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us, we are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are all well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches. We, are, we, we own nothing, and yet we have everything. That's our life right there. That's our life right there. Paul told it to the Corinthian church, friend. And I want to encourage you, don't lay down your colors. You're a believer, you're no longer a civilian anymore. You need to stand for what you believe in, especially in this time. We need strong believers. Stand for it. Don't be ashamed. It is who we are. You got to keep fighting. You only can run for so long, and then you got to put them up. And you're going to have to throw a couple punches, and you might have to take a few. But that's all right. You got to distance the distractions. Keep them away, friend. Don't play with that. If you control the distance, you control the fight. And we got to stick together with the crew. We got to have each other's back. You know, 90% of this movie is shot in the nighttime. Walter Hill was the director. And I thought it, I thought it was great. Sorry, I'm biased. Okay? It's an old movie, but it's really shot really well. Uh, he wanted to shoot it at night, and there was something that gives it an eerier feel at night. There was other scenes that they cut out, and they were during the day, but he decided, hey, we're going to put this in at night. And it get, I mean, if you're getting chased at night, it's a lot scarier than getting chased in the day, right? So that night feel was, was, was a little bit creepier, was a little bit scarier. But I began to think about this movie and how that was a great parallel, great metaphor, how we're fighting, Right? And it's dark sometimes, and it's a little scary, and it's a little tough. But I know that in Psalms 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. See, friend, the warriors knew that dark nights don't last, right? They knew that they had to fight just to get home. We just got to get home. If we make it through this night, we're going to be okay. We get home, we're going to be okay. Dark nights don't last. Many say it's darkest before the dawn. But actually, the darkest time of the night is at midnight. It's at midnight. That's when it gets the darkest. But I like to look at it like this. At midnight, it's the darkest, but it's also the start to a new day. Right? 12.01, hey, it's a new day. This is a brand new day. We're starting over now. Right? And I know that on the horizon, the sun is going to rise. And the warriors knew that. And that goes into this last clip. Turns out that the that was a great scene. That's the only scene that's shot in the day there. And I just, I, I, maybe I'm thinking too much into this movie. But I think one day it's going to be like that, right? We're going to arrive home. And there's going to be the sun coming over the horizon. And we're going to say, hey man, all them battles the night before, all them battles in this life are gone. And we made it. We're here. There was some casualties. There were some things that happened. There were some people that didn't make it. But we made it. We fought our way through. I want to be that person, man. I want to be that person that gets to heaven and we're walking on the beach and we say, hey, you made it. Hey, you made it. We made it. We fought together. Remember that fight? They thought it was over for us, but we came through. And that's what it's about, being a warrior. You're no longer a civilian, friend. You're a follower of Jesus. And although there's a, a many benefits of that, there is some some fighting that's involved. There is some battling that's involved. And maybe you're in this place and you've been battling, man, and you just don't know what to do. Friend, you gotta fight. There's no more time for running. There's no more time for hiding. There's no more time to, 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 to just be in the background. The enemy's working and working and getting stronger and building up stronger. He's after you. 
But if you fight, if you get some guys behind you, if you get some belonging, if you realize you're no longer a civilian anymore, something about that. I shared this morning in the first service about one time when I got into a little scuffle. And uh, fighting over, you know, playing basketball at the basketball courts gets a little dangerous sometimes, especially if you're like me and talk a lot of smack. But um, we were there and uh, began to fight over a ball with one of my friends, right? Or one, of the, one of these guys. And we were playing and, and he swung at me and I turned around, I hit that guy, he fell, right? And I was like, oh, I, I you know, you swung on me, I swung back on you. Cool. He gets up, he goes, gets his brother, and I'm looking like, there's just two guys here. You know, there's two guys here, and, and maybe, maybe I'll, I'll be all right. They're medium size. Then they walk to the next court, and they get another guy. And, he, and this guy comes over, and he's like 6'4". And he goes, hey, you hit my brother? Who, me? <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, yeah, he, he swung on me, bro. All right, we'll see you. We'll see you outside. So I was sweating it. Right? I'm like, man. And then my friend Big Mel comes over, and Odell comes over, big dudes, and they go, Dave, you swung on that guy right there? And I said, yeah, you, and my friend Odell, a little instigator, you dropped that dude? He's like, be quiet, bro. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, Dave. And I'm like, yeah, his, his brother wants to get me, man. Look at his brother. And my friend Mel looked at me. He's a, he's a personal bodyguard now. He's huge. And he's like, hey, Dave, nobody's going to jump you, man. Nobody's going to jump you. He goes, but if his brother wants to fight you one-on-one, -on -one, you got to fight him. I said, I'm fine with that. But I just don't want to get jumped. But I had backup. I had some friends that were willing to, hey, we're not going to let you get beat up. Maybe you're in this place and maybe you're fighting on your own. And it's tough to fight on your own. Maybe you're in this place and you don't know how to fight. There's somebody here that can teach you how to fight. Maybe you're going through something you haven't shared it with anybody because you're not connected to anybody here. There's probably somebody that's been through that. Been through a pain, been through a hurt, been through a sickness that says, hey, let me help you. There's a sense of belonging in this church. There's some warriors in this church. Maybe you want to become a warrior. Maybe God spoke to you this day. I want everybody to stand. I want us all to come to the altar. If, you, if you're a warrior in this place, if you belong, this is your house, if you're part of the crew, you got jumped in. We need to get each other's back. It's like the warriors, there's, there's a whole bunch of people out there trying to get us. And I mean that, the, the enemy's after us. But if we get together, we fight together. We're stronger together 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 that's our motto that's our one of our values here that's just not something we say that's something we do it's who we become right it's not a a, a a lifestyle it's a way of life i want us to pray begin to pray if god put somebody on your heart today go up to them pray with them lift them up as the worship team gets to play talk to god Maybe there was something that touched your heart with this sermon that you haven't been doing. God wants to speak to you this day. God wants to help you this day. Maybe, you could, maybe you're a warrior, a soldier. God's telling you to, hey, grab a couple guys. Show them what's up. Make us stronger. Amen?
this room. How, how many of right now in a fight? Let me see your hands. Right now, you're in a fight. You're in a fight. It's a little bit dark right now. Let me see your hands. Come on. If someone's got their hand lifted up right around you, why don't you reach around and put your hand on. Let's pray together. Can we do that? You're in a fight right now. Come on. Come on. Aren't you grateful that, that you're not the only one that's in that fire? There's someone with you today. His name is Jesus right there. Come on, somebody put, my, put your hand on my brother Rick right over here. Come on, all around this place. You see someone with their hand lifted, put your hand on them. Lord, we thank you today, Lord, that we don't have to fight alone. And we thank you, Lord, that you're with us. No matter what we go through, you're always there. And I thank you, Lord, sometimes it feels dark, it feels lonely, but we thank you, Lord, that we're never alone, God, that you're always with us, God. You're, you're with us in the fire. God, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you give us the courage to rise up and fight. Lord, give us the courage to rise up and fight, not to shrink back from the enemy, not to run from the enemy, not to run away and hide, God, but instead, Lord, to stand up in the courage and the faith and the strength that you've given us, Lord, and to fight. Lord, we know, we know if we fight, we win. Come on, right now, just say, Lord, I know if I fight, I win. I know I'm fighting against a defeated foe, and if I'll just fight, I will win, God. I pray right now, give us the courage and the strength and the stamina, Lord, to face the enemy, Lord, and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the enemy. Lord, we, we know we don't fight in our own strength, Lord. We fight in the strength that comes from you, God. We fight in the strength that comes from you. You are our strength. You are our source. You are our shield. Lord, you are, Lord, our weaponry. And Lord, I thank you, God, that if we fight, we win. If we fight, we win. Come on, make a decision right now. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to persevere. I'm going I'm to push through. I'm going to press on in Jesus' name, Lord. I'm going to fight, Lord. I'm going to do what you've called me to do, God. I'm going I'm to withstand the enemy. Lord, I know that if I stand, Lord, if I continue to stand, Lord, you're going you're gonna to take me to the promise, Lord, that you have for my life in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Begin to give the Lord some praise. Lord, we know the victory is ours. The victory yeah. is secure in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. I can see the light. Yeah. Sing it out. Come on. And I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to hell. I can hear the roar in the heavens as the space Nothing stands between us. Come on, I can see a light. Oh, come on, sing it. And I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him. And I can hear the roar yeah. in the heavens as the space between west and I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls gave in. Oh, yeah. Man, what a word today. How many of you going to go home tonight and watch the Warriors? <laughs> Man, I've never seen that movie, but I'm really wanting to see it, aren't you? I want to see all those cutout scenes. I have a feeling that's going to be a really good movie. I appreciate, Dave, that, that message today. How many appreciate that word this morning? Amen. So good. So good. So good. Especially when you think about some of the stuff that's coming up. Like I think about the message that Dave spoke today, and it's so in line with our church and the culture of our church. Because right around the corner, whether you know it or not, right around the corner comes September. And September means hub groups. It means e-groups here at Elevate Ministries. And uh, every spring and every fall, we have e-groups, which are small groups where you can get connected with other people. And so on September 4th, which is just a few weeks away, we're going to be launching all of our, our e-groups all around the county, different times, different days of the week. And these are just opportunities for our church to come together and get connected. I know sometimes it feels like you're fighting alone, but there's no excuse. There's no reason for that because we've provided plenty of opportunities for you to get to know one another, which is also reminds me that this Saturday 
is another one of those chances because Saturday we're going to converge on Huntington Beach stateside and we're going to have a we're going to have a beach day like crazy. We're going to all of, our whole church is going to be out there pretty much all day long. You can come at any time. Uh, but but as as the sun begins to set, we're going to worship the Lord. Uh, we're going to we're taking a sound system out there. We're going to worship the Lord. We've gotten everything prepared so we can take communion together. How how cool is that? Right there right there in the at the beach. We're going to have a great time. I, I know there's a kite flying contest too. You got to make your own kite though. And uh, I, I already heard John already made a kite. He's ready to go. And so we're looking for some other contestants. There's a prize for that. Uh, I know that Angel is going to host a spike ball tournament. Isn't that right? Angel. Angel's a professional spike ball player, everyone. And uh, so, so we're going to have a spike ball tournament. There's going to be volleyball. We're going to have a great time. We really want everyone to show up. Just bring, bring, your, bring your chairs. Bring some food. We're just going to have a great time with a fellowship and just love on each other and love on the Lord. It's going to be great. Uh, a couple other announcements I wanted to make. Uh, coming up, the, the last Sunday of this month is going to be Step Up Sunday for our for our e kids, all of our all of our kids at, at our church. And what we want to do is we want to pray for all of our kids. We know some of them are already back at school. Some of them have a few weeks to go. So the last Sunday of this month, we're going to pray for all of our all of our educational uh, people here, any teachers and people working in the school district. We're going to pray for you, and we're going to pray for all of our kids. Real special time. And so kind of mark that down. Make sure you're here. We're going to do that the last Sunday of the month. And then one more one more announcement. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. On that Sunday, not only is it our e-group launch, but we're going to have Grub for Ghana, okay? Grub for Ghana. And what it is, is this is going to be a fundraiser where after church, Labor Day weekend, we have, we have our, some, some very, very talented catering type of folks in our church as God's bless them. They're going to provide lunch for us right after the service. We're going to charge $15 a ticket, so it's cheaper than anywhere that you can go uh, for lunch. You'll pay much more than that. You always do. But for $15, all the proceeds go towards our team that's headed to Ghana on September 7th. And so if you'd like to get a ticket for that, the, the tickets are on sale now at the cafe. And uh, they're back there even now set up for that. We have tickets available. We'd love for our whole church to be a part of that. Just another way that we can, we can make a difference in the world just by hanging out and having a good time. So thanks for being here today. Dave, thanks for that message. Have, 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 have some time and fellowship one with another. Love up on one another. And we love you so much. We'll see you Saturday at the beach. God bless you guys. Amen.